Welcome to Under the Water Tower, a production of Fellowship Baptist Church, located in Marble Falls, deep in the beautiful Texas Hill Country. Join Fellowship's staff and leadership while they explore, study, and discuss Bible passages. Here are your hosts, pastors Joni Wallach, Misty Grimm, Daryl Fishbeck, and lead pastor Dr. Jamie Greening. So our subject today is confession and the... The truth of the matter is we've had a very serious pre-show conversation, and Joni confessed to us that <laughs> she does not know who the legendary music group NXS is, and it's blowing the rest of our minds. She does not understand the coolness factor of that. She was listening to Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks. That is true. I, I also will confess that like the first two years that I, that I worked here that I just went along with thinking like acting like i knew these people and now i'm just Anytime like we reference the 80s she don't care she's now like, i'm just no. like nope because she's the it. youngest one on no. staff by far and away right it's not by that far it seems like it's by it's far not. and away it does and i'm right behind her misty's behind daryl <laughs> no, 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 no. i'm the old man uh so she confessed that uh daryl needs to confess that he had the wrong topic i did i i actually pr- prepared i have some notes over here on my very formal to-do list about worship and celebration which we are not talking about no that that one got canceled Uh, and i confess i confess that i do remember reading vaguely remember reading something about changing the topic i just my brain let's go further down this one confession leads to another you confess that you had prepared for the wrong topic but now we need to confess that you actually don't read the emails no, I confessed <laughs> that I do recall reading something about this you change. You read the subject I, line. I, I will confess that I didn't focus on what I was reading. Okay. I didn't. It didn't sink this in. So, this sounds like justification. And <laughs> when this is what we often do with our sins. We bring our sins before the Lord and say, Lord, I did this sin, but I was really mad. And he's really a jerk. No, no, I'm not justifying anything. I'm, I'm, I'm owning it. I remember now after the fact that, yeah, yeah, we did talk about switching that, but I did not prepare for it. Oh. I am not justifying that I don't know this we've, crazy we've band. had a lot of things I'm just going saying. On. So. <laughs> He had hair. It was amazing. I, I'm like the most Everybody heterosexual hair, male you can imagine, but I had serious hair envy because it, no, no, everyone had big hair, but it wasn't good hair. Well, he had good hair, uh, and it was pretty, pretty impressive. I was probably busy playing with my cabbage patch dolls. You may have, <laughs> you may, you may, you may it wasn't have that been. long ago. <laughs> For some reason, in my mind. Um, NXS is linked to Rob Lowe, and I don't know why. Robert Plant. Who was he from? Robert Who's Plant. That's Led Zeppelin. That's a completely oh. different era. I'm thinking but, but of for different Robert I think, now. Yeah. And I don't know, but maybe it's cause because of the movie Oxford Blues. Maybe Robert that's Palmer. what it is. Rise how long Rob Lowe has been around. Oh, yeah. I didn't uh, know they were Australian. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Just looked them oh, up. Oh, yeah. You, more things. Uh, keep reading. You'll be more disturbed. But, but we digress. Yeah. Confession. Misty, do you have anything? Show related, you would like to <laughs> to confess. Some show related? Well, you know, nothing deep, but no, no. She does have water here today. I have water, and that's good to know. And she brought her big serious Bible uh, yes. with her. It's, I mean, it's the one with tabs in it, and it, she's ready to rock and roll. Uh, well, let's I, be clear. She throws around in the back of her car, so it looks ha- like I it's don't used. Have tabs like no, no, no. Yeah, not those. Tabs. Not the cheat tabs. What she has is the it's where she notes. has sticky noted things in her Bible. You're right. I want to be clear. Not yeah. the cheaters. I don't have. I don't believe in those. Uh, so. Well, you just offended a third of our audience. That's okay. If you need the cheaters, I appreciate you, that. Yeah. But, but we're, we're, we are all highly. I would say that you might need to confess that. Being judgmental <laughs> about people with tabs that are I helping them, that them. are helping them try to find places them. in the Bible, you get, it's quite condescending. You get dependent upon those, though, right? So, if that's how you l- are learning your books, now if so, you know them and stick them on there, that's one thing. But if that's how you're learning, it's what if someone has a learning disability? Well, that's that's their choice. She said she wasn't judging. I'm Why not are judging. You, taking, uh, it's not you said you become dependent me. upon it. What's what's wrong for with being me, dependent upon I have them? to know them here. 
before I know them here. So I'm not sure what's happening here. This <laughs> seems like Darren's coming at me. It seems he's like lots of caffeine this morning. He is. He's feeling it's Holy Week, and so he's feeling really good because what that <laughs> means is most of our preparation work is behind us. And we can kind of move into the season. We've been busy. We have been very, very We've busy. We've all been busy. Um, when I say confession, lots of things come to mind. Uh, I want to be clear. We're talking about confession of sin. That word sometimes is used as a, a, a confession of faith kind of thing or a confessional document um, that churches oftentimes will sign upon. The Westminster Confession comes to mind as a famous one. We're not talking about that kind of confession. We're talking about when we confess our sins as a spiritual discipline. You bring them before the Lord, um, and you confess what you have done. Now, there's so many different ideas here, but I want to throw this out here. Who do we confess our sins to? Jesus. And in James, it says one another. One another. Read that passage. I know you're ready for it because you have your Bible, too. I want to know it has no tabs. It does not have tabs, no. <laughs> and I was in First John, so now I have to find James. But if I had tabs, James I could do James 5, 16, I think is the I verse you're looking for. be helpful for people. I now, see, I'm on the spot, <laughs> and this is just too much Shut pressure. Up, I see Hebrews. <laughs> yeah, I went too far. See, too much, too much. So James 5, 16 is coffee. what you're looking for. Joni has an outstanding Bible. That's your that's your archaeology study Bible, right? I love this. It Bible. is a great Bible. Yeah, thanks for stalling while I find James. I'm not stalling. It's not really in here. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Misty, can you help her out? <laughs> the youth pastor can't <laughs> use her Bible. She needs a tab. Wait, it's right. Yeah, I need some tabs. She got to. No, have I got it. Tabs. I got it. Oh, I got, got it. it. All right. Sorry, that was really loud. Sorry. It friends. was. Sorry, Jim. So, Jim's uh, Jim. <laughs> Jim's one. Jim's. <laughs> James 5.16 is, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Yeah, we love to quote, and I love that, that the follow-up, you know, the prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous perf- person availeth much. I learned them that way. That's they, 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 they squeeze me, that's what comes out. What, what, what problem hath thou with that? Um, none of none of good. So the we the the prayer part, but the predicating part of that is confession our, of our sins one to another. So uh, do we? Why don't we do that more often? I mean, I, I I've known you because guys. Some for a people long. can be judgmental when you're honest about things you struggle with, like I don't know, maybe finding <laughs> books of the Bible or you know, and so you confess that to someone, and then they tell you you're dependent on them, and you don't want to confess anymore. I don't even say you your feel, Bible. You feel so shamed. His Bible. We're being honest. We're confessing here. I don't even say your Bible. What is your you know? So. You guys, you guys need like to calm down. <laughs> They're they're going <laughs> at we're each going, other. We're going out big. <laughs> so the so okay, I so the reason we don't let, let's get serious. The reason why we don't confess our sins to other people is we don't want them to know because they may use it against us. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Is that a legitimate concern? Yeah. Have you have you ever shared something in a confessional manner and then had someone use that against you? Yeah, I can't think of a specific situation, but I, I think that's a, a, a whether it's a spiritual confession or you share something with a friend and then maybe they turn around and mock you about it. I'm not talking about sharing. I'm I'm talking about actually saying I'm coming to you in the biblical uh, spirit of confessing. I need to confess my sins so I can hear the words of forgiveness. Um, I don't know if this counts, but I've, I've not been shy about uh, venting about going through some counseling with an air quotes Christian counselor who in hindsight was really warped in the way he did his counseling and I just remember many times trying to be vulnerable and trying to share some things that I was struggling with and and really feeling like it was used against me Um, there wasn't empathy there wasn't compassion there wasn't guidance it was almost more judgment okay so but let me let me me, i'm gonna keep pushing this noodle and i don't mean to put you on the couch but we're gonna put you on the couch so let's let's keep pushing this noodle so james says if we confess our sins one to another then we have healing now even though this individual may have used it against you right uh turned it against you made you the bad guy which oftentimes can happen in counseling 
And the more unskilled the counselor is, the more likely that is to happen. But did healing not come? Um, eventually when I got away from him <laughs> and, but, and had some things seen, but what I'm hearing you um, say almost sounds like that if I just go through this rote act of confessing my sins, why do you there have to, to somebody, why do you have to, conf why do you have to couch my words <laughs> because in you're such a negative me. way? I'm going to push back. He's jumping right to the point. So, what you're so saying is not rote, not it. rote way. I, I don't mean rote way, but. In a in a heartfelt way, I th I do believe as we go down now 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 we're now we're up to our eyeballs in this um, that there is something spiritual and also psychological when we say out loud the things that it's we know are wrong. I fully agree with that statement. Your original question was why don't we do it? Right, but now then we went down the whole business of and so you had regret that you had shared openly with this individual because he used it against you. Right. And then I said, well, even if he did use it in a, um, a malevolent way, the process of it, I think, still could have been the therapeutic and sure, healing. Sure, sure. I think because what yeah. it, it creates uh, self-observation, self-awareness. It creates some, some self-honesty. Um, I, I, I'm always the one who's hypersensitive to a little bit of the, the Pharisee mindset, which takes this verse sometimes as um, if you jump through this hoop. And one word that's really helped me when you talk about the topic of confession is agree. Mm -hmm. If I confess something, I'm agreeing with it. And a lot of times people well, you like, have to accept like it you, well, first before you can confess it. Well, right. N not necessarily, because there could be someone who could say, yeah, I did this sin. I'm probably going to do it again tomorrow, but I'm going to confess it. Just, yeah, I did it. Right. And, and, and I don't think that's true confession. But I know people that will take this verse and kind of make it more of a, well, a ritual, so to speak. Well, number one, I think going to a counselor is a little bit different than confessing to somebody that you know, right? Because if it's a friend, if it's a if it's an acquaintance, you know, you don't really know your counselor, your well, therapist. Well, but there's there's an one. assumed trust there, right? Yeah, but for me, in just thinking of confessing my sins, like it's talking about here, I think about finding somebody that I trust, that I know, that's not going to go use it against me. But my thing is, how are they going to think of me now? You know, if I tell them these things or whatever, this thing that's weighing on my heart that I need to get out in the open. What is she going to think? What What are they going to think about me now that I confess what I confess? Mm -hmm. And not and only that's where I go with that. That is, uh, James is talking here to other to Christ followers, confess to one another right. to other Christ followers. But I think sometimes we don't confess our sins because we don't want God to look bad. Like if the fruit of the spirit are these things, but I'm doing this, then I yeah. feel like I've dishonored God. And right, you know, yeah, there could be some sense of you know we we spend a lot of effort trying to defend God. Mm -hmm. And help God along, because right. God can't make it on His own. His clearly, own. <laughs> uh, He needs us. Mm -hmm. Which, if, which, by the way, if the Lord needs us, He's in real trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just be clear: if He needs us, the universe is not in good right. hands. But I can totally see. I mean, get, having to go get outside help, and sometimes it is easier with people that we don't know personally, you know. But to, to for it to turn around and somebody to use it against you, even in that setting and environment is well and i think that i think the the breaking point with it is you know jamie's making the point that for me there was healing right. and jamie's was making a point regardless there was there was movement because i did the act of confessing right. so to speak but the, the 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 downside is when you're confessing to someone and then rather than hearing it or creating acceptance or grace or a safe place for you to to confess it turns into here's what you need to do to fix that right. or or correction or judgment mm -hmm. even like oh you horrible bad person for doing those things and then you regret you ever saying anything exactly you know? and, and it's not like i wish i would have never so it doesn't <laughs> foster more it. safety so there's no actual healing there exactly really. oh i see I, i'm gonna go one step further i think there still can be healing even if the person we confess to is learn i'm never gonna trust that person again. exactly <laughs> well once you get it out you know and the enemy wants you to keep everything in he wants you to keep everything bottled up in the dark that way he can just keep coming at you and keep coming at you but once you get it out in, into the light, which is where Jesus Jesus is the light, I think that's the first step. 
It is. It's a huge part of it. But I, I just believe that even if the person you confess to is unworthy of it. Now, the, the therapist, that, that's a different ball of wax. That's a and, very specific And, and I can make situation. an argument. Now, I do believe in therapy. I do believe that it can be very beneficial to people. A counseling is wonderful mm-hmm. uh, it, it, with a right counselor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have benefited from it in my own personal life. The, but a lot of times we go to a counselor or a therapist precisely because we're not practicing the spiritual ideas the Bible lays out for us and we bottle it all up inside. What you probably did, you probably didn't need for all of that a counselor. You just needed a good spiritual friend mm-hmm. who you could trust. Would have been just as beneficial, probably more beneficial. And I had some, and that was where some of the help came because I was able to get different perspectives. Like, mm, I'm not sure that doesn't sound very good, and you get you get some balancing. Plus, uh, a count. Oh, go keep no, going. Really um, plus, a counselor. Um, they think they need to fix you. Maybe not fix uh, especially you, but Christian ones. They think that they need to guide you to. Yeah. Well, and that's basically, and I was, to go back to last week's topic, in many ways, I was submitting myself to him because in the situation, I was coming to him for help, and he was saying, if you do this, this, and this, this is the result you'll get, which happened that I didn't get those results, and then the the kicker is always, well, you obviously didn't do them right. That's the very religious, the legalistic way to, to control people. I bet you won't look him in the eye again. Well, uh, well, <laughs> I'll, I'll look well, him in the eye. All cr- right. cr- Christian <laughs> Christian counselors are can be wonderful. They can also be horrible, and I've experienced both ends of that. Um, but any counselor in general, they have a money making profit motive. Mm-hmm. They want to keep you coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the reasons why. Well, know. I will even go just to, just so we're clear. This particular one offered free therapy for ministers. So mm. I was not paying for this therapy. However, that's not exactly altruistic on his part. He wants the minister well, to come sure. for therapy yeah. and then get you the referrals. Pass it on, yeah. If people Good only point. knew how many times counselors get a hold of me and say, can you refer people to me? I'm like, eh, you know what? I don't know. Mm. Well, to take this and, and, and maybe play with it a little bit, you brought up last time about Parker. Last time on a very Parker, special Under the Water Time. <laughs> I said Parker Posey. Parker Palmer, I think it is. <laughs> you, those two people I know, could not I'm be more different. <laughs> but you brought up circles of trust. And so it actually, the idea really fit well with where we were going with Three Chords and a Truth last week. So I did a little bit of digging. Not you need much. to tell our audience what Three Chords and a Truth is. Sorry, Three Chords and a Truth is one of our midweek small group Bible study discussions where John Trepain and I will take a song um, could be any song, secular song, Christian song, whatever. But we, we, Lauren Dangle seems to show up a lot. She <laughs> actually was there two, two weeks ago. I can't Not remember physically. how I used. Not physically. She didn't <laughs> show up at fellowship. It's one of her. She gets songs. all her ideas yes. from. No, we've used John uses a lot of country songs. I've Those used are his people. Sarah Barry Ellis. I've used John, uh, Johnny Cash. We've used all kinds of people. I Even hurt well, myself. Lesser today. known people, but. Ring of fire. Really taking too long to get to the point here. I brought that up with a, within the context of a song. So we take the lyrics of a song. I'm ignoring him. <laughs> take the lyrics of a song and just Hard. break them down and see what we can find. What truth can we find in it? Where, where can we find maybe a cry for help or someone maybe declaring something that, that is similar to scripture and just find truth in, in the lyrics of, of music? So this last week we talked about Circles of Trust and, and a, a song that was called um, Be Yourself. And it was really talking about acceptance of I'm going to accept you as you are, and, and I want you to, to feel safe. It was about creating a safe space, and which is where these circles of trust kind of goes, where last week you described it as a person comes and they confess whatever they're needing to confess it's or struggling w- with. It's not necessarily a sin confession, but it is this is the issue in my life. But maybe something that they would be yeah, exactly. yeah. afraid to share, and then no one gives them advice, no one judges them, they just ask them questions, and they, they're inquisitive because the point is – with the Holy Spirit, especially inside you, the, the reality is you have the guidance you need to kind of, I don't want to say solve your own problems, that's too self-helpy, but um, to heal. I think, ty- and I think that that concept really ties well with this verse and where I think you're kind of trying to steer steer things is that there is healing just in our own ownership of things. The, the purpose <coughs> of the other person, this is where I've wrestled with why the other person, because I you mean when I said confess to someone, you said Jesus, which as a Baptist growing up, 
that was what Sorry. we were always told, right. right? You just need to confess it to Jesus. In fact, I can remember sermons and lessons and, and growing up, no one else needs to know about it. It's just between you and God. Mm-hmm. But James doesn't seem to indicate that's true at all. He says another person confess to one another. Uh, but I think the purpose of the other one is not to give instruction mm-hmm. or to say, here's how you get out of that. Or here's what here's what you're doing. Well, your problem is yeah. Let me tell you. You 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 know your problem is is that you're an alcoholic and you bought a house next to Specs. I mean, (laughs) this this, that that's not what the it's about. The other person is there to be the voice of Christ, saying, "By the blood of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven." Mm -hmm. And we need to hear that. Mm -hmm. We need to hear Mm -hmm. that. Even though I've done this horrible thing, uh, or maybe not so horrible thing, but it's still a sin. We've done, you know, all sin is equal to get us separated from God, but not all sin has the same consequence. Well, and if there's that conviction of you needing to confess it, then you confess it. And that's not, that conviction's not the same for everybody, I don't think. I think we all have different convictions as to what needs to be confessed and what. Now, of course, we know sin, you know, certain things are sin, just point blank, but. I think we all have different convictions as to what we need to confess. I agree with that, that there's a, a, a sense in which it's, it's when it weighs on us mm-hmm. to the point where we need to confess it out loud, yeah. which may not be the same for all of our sins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are some that rise. And so we, especially when you see that James connects this to healing, mm-hmm. which um, fascinating enough uh, in Psalm 32, uh, there's a, a description of David's sin that he describes as, you know, I'm, my bones are wasting away. I'm dying on the inside because that his sin had so encapsulated him that it, it was eating him up on the inside. This is, as Christ followers, this is what happens to us. We know we're doing wrong. The Holy Spirit is working on us, and it will have a deleterious effect on the body. Uh, Daryl, say it. You say, I, I quote you on this all the time. The body keeps score. Oh, yeah. This is true of grief. It's true of trauma, but it's also true of unconfessed sin. Mm-hmm. It wells up inside of you. And so the, mm-hmm. the first step toward healing in a therapy, I mean, a therapist mm-hmm. comes from therapeutic, which is the word for healing, which is what James is talking about. This all starts with confessing our mm-hmm. sin. And growing up in a very legalistic church mindset, the first time I truly experienced grace of confessing or really almost being in a situation where people knew some dark secrets about me, the expectation is punishment, judgment, condemnation, correction, criticism, whatever, to be able to, to, to like the woman caught in adultery, to be literally laying naked in front of Jesus and was she naked? I mean, I've, <laughs> I, I missed well, that part. <laughs> Where's that? You at? have you changed have that text big from me. Imagination. You have changed that, that text from me. I have to reread that scripture. Maybe that's that's version. in the that's in the Samaritan version. I don't know. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So fully fully vulnerable, um, and have him, you know, not What's condemn that song? her. He's confused that with that song from the nineties. What is it? Oh, I'm all out of faith. (laughs) Just let the record reflect that no one looked at me to know the song. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're no help. I'm no help. But to to be in an extremely vulnerable state and expect judgment, correction, punishment, and to be accepted. Mm -hmm. I don't think many people have experienced that. Or we would be a a different type of people because that that leaves a mark. That changes you. I think we're so afraid that we're with grace we're we're letting people off the hook now there are consequences to your action that's they're natural and and they're going to happen but that doesn't mean that acceptance of the person and the forgiveness forgiveness um has to have strings attached to Mm -hmm. it and i think that's what jesus did and i think that's why the pharisees didn't like him is because he accepted and he loved people and that changed people that's why people follow that's why people followed him yeah Going from all the sacrifices and all the things that they had to do, which was nothing simple. I mean, it was yeah. all so much and to you're poor and lame and blind Jesus. because of sin. Yeah, <laughs> it was like that's all we have to do. Yeah, yeah. To the point where someone's blind and that they ask, "Who sinned? Yeah, yeah. him or his old man? Yeah, it was one of them. Yeah, and yeah, exa- I think you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. And but do we do? No, are we no better? And that every time something bad happens, we think, well, what did I do to deserve this? Which is, what sin did I do mm-hmm. to deserve this? Which doesn't 
Well, and I find it interesting that sometimes I, the Lord will convict me over something that I did, you know, several days ago. It's not always immediate, right? Sometimes, you know, it takes a little bit of time for me to think back and for the Lord to bring it to my, to my mind of, oh, I did say that, and I, I, I do need to, apolo- you know, go confess. And, of course, that's apology, too, but that's yeah, also can, conviction. You can confess to me about <laughs> judging people who have tabs on their Bibles well, on I'm Wednesday. Gonna bu- I'm going to buy you some tabs. That's what I'm hearing is that you're a tabber. I'm going to buy you some. <laughs> I I only see him use a paper Bible when he preaches. I think it's just <laughs> digital now. He's just he's more machine now than man. Uh, my, my feeling is that with the idea of sin and, and 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 it coming to us later, I don't know about you guys. Sometimes I'm reminded of something that happened decades ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, oh. That that was a sin, and I didn't know no. that it was a sin then. But you do now. But the Holy Spirit has is yeah. still working on transforming me mm-hmm. and to take me to the next place I need to go in my spiritual journey with the Lord. I've got to deal with mm-hmm. that. You know, that, that word I said mm-hmm. in 1989 to that one yep. kid that was so ugly and mean. I would never say it now, but I said right. it then. I got to work through that right. and think, why did Jamie say that then? What's, what's defective in me? That in that moment, that's what, because that, that defection is still there. there. Yep. Uh, even if I wouldn't s- express it in that way, mm-hmm. what's going on inside mm-hmm. of me? So that I think that's exactly yeah. right. Uh, and that's that, in James, don't be a hearer of the word only, be a doer. And I think that's a perfect example. You hear the word, you know it, and now, you know, you do it. Even though it was years ago, you you know, it's, it's still relevant today as to what you need to do. With the youth yesterday, we talked about, if you don't get caught, is it still a sin? Mm-hmm. And of course it is. And I was telling them how I was in high school, and I'm going to confess this to all of you now. I was in high school, and a recipe in home ec, which I was home ec student of the year, and I don't even know how. Wow, you were you were. I just want y'all to know that no I, one I bakes it. You, you, I think it was my sewing skills actually. Sewing wow. skills. I brought my own yeah. sewing machine. And did they give you a free quilt tour? No. A cruise? I feel like I got gypped. She got gypped. <laughs> um, and also, when it was the time to have the flower sack baby, like, I brought my fa- whoa, flower whoa, whoa. sack. Flower sack baby? Yeah, we didn't have, like, the mechanical ones they do now. Like, you ha- you sack. had a flower sack. Back in our day, we just had like, a flower it sack. Was like, it was just like carried a, a rock to school. <laughs> but I dressed it up really cute, and I made it But I don't clothes. know who NXS is. And it had a stroller and a, and a baby seat, and I kind of, I really went overboard on the flower baby. And that's why you got home. I think student so. of the year. But I confessed to the students, to the youth students yesterday, that um, for did your re- mom make it all? She did not. Okay. For <laughs> a recipe, no, I like that was my jam. Um, for a recipe that I needed for home ec, I needed some time, and I went T- to T H Y M E. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. And I went to the store, and um, time was very expensive. It was <gasps> like twelve dollars, and I did not have twelve dollars because I worked at a daycare. And I bet I made $5 an hour. And um, so I stole the time, T H Y M E. And so I can. You stole time. That, that, that all time. by itself <laughs> will preach. Like, this is like a science. The time I stole time. That's right. I tried to borrow some time. No, it's a science fiction extravaganza. <laughs> this I, time stealer. I was a time stealer, T H Y M E. And um, like it still was weighing on my heart. Like even that many years later, I never got caught. No one ever cared. Like I can't go back to HEB and say, you "Hey, do you remember you it 25 years yeah. ago when I stole that time?" You know. So, do you feel better now that you've confessed it to the youth? A little bit, but now I you've <laughs> confessed to our our, our tens of listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. So next year I might just get time for Christmas, and that's all. The police <laughs> are going to show up at your house and say. <laughs> What's the statute of limitations on stealing seasoning time? I know, I know. But now I'm kind of worried that my mom's going to listen, which is another part about confession is that you don't want all your secrets out, you know? Well, you know, they say about writers is you can't become a good writer till your parents are dead mm-hmm. mm. because you won't write the truth, truth because you're always filtering it yep. through what mom and dad are going to say. Mm. Well, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, they're the tw- or they're 12 steps. Wow, well, really you, you went really straight to addiction. I, I did, but the... the the 12 steps, there's so much value in s- different ones of them. And I think one of the steps is um, it has to do with making a, there's a word, I can't remember, like a, a, a strict or a, an intense, it's not the right word, but it's one of those inventory of kind of your life and your past life. And it's and it's intentionally going back and looking at who have I wronged because mm-hmm. of this? What crimes have I done? What mm-hmm. thi- and then it says, 
to go and make amends with as many people as possible within, you know, you're not going to go up to someone and confess something that's going to wreck their marriage right. that happened 20 years, but you're going to, you're going to make amends whenever possible, but it's, uh, maybe it's ruthless inventory of kind of your past, but mm-hmm. it, it's taking some time to do kind of what you're talking T-I-M-E. about the, the time that mm-hmm. you took time um, and going back and that that's because part of it is, especially in that group setting is you're able to confess mm-hmm. to these people, some of the things that you did and that, that and, and can be healed and, mm-hmm. and let go of that. Cause I think so, so often we go back to our addictions or to our sins because we've hidden something, we thought, I'm going to confess it. I'm never going to do this again, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get better. And then we we don't. We kind of carry that around with mm-hmm. us, and it's all our private little battle. And and then we're just like, oh, I can't beat this, so I might as well just give in to it. Mm-hmm. And we've never experienced the help of confession or confess- confessing to someone. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that's true, but I just can't get out of my mind the great science fiction story of a woman – who is trapped in a process by which she keeps going and stealing other people's time <laughs> to make her immortal. I love it. I uh, love that's, it. That's and it's all because she misspelled time. time. <laughs> <laughs> she heard it wrong. Oh. On that note, I think we're at the break. Uh, so we'll take a little break. Kelly's going to give you some vital information. We're going to come back on the other side. I'm going to tell you a riveting story about a story inside a story. Ooh. You are listening to Under the Water Tower, a ministry of Fellowship Baptist Church located in Marble Falls. We would love for you to join us for worship. Visit our website for worship times at fmf.life. Do you have questions or suggestions on future topics for Under the Water Tower? We would love to hear them. Send us an email to office at fmf.life. If you like what you hear and would like to support this ministry, visit fmf.life slash give. That's fmf.life slash give. So one of my favorite little moments of confessing confessing um, that comes to my mind is not in the real world. It's in a, it's in a movie, and I'm going to try and paint this scene as best I can. Uh, but it's one of it's one of, it's a movie I really like. Not everybody does, right? You know, you have these movies that communicate to you, and you really identify with it. And you Harry try Potter. Well, <laughs> but see, lots of people love Harry Potter. You're in good company with that. And I, the books are better than the movies, oh, I agree. but 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 you're in good company with that. But I mean, a, a movie that people generally kind of eh, Fletch. Fletch is Fletch. one of those. I know that's Fletch one of yours. It's it's the movie Signs, right? Mm. I there's something about creepy. that film. It's creepy. It's sci-fi, but it's also theological. He's a priest, farmers. I mean, uh, all the things that tickle my all my little buttons, right? It's, so it, 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 and and I know that M Night Shyamalan, uh, Sham and Lame, as my friends call him. <laughs> uh, he's got some issues, and he's he's got that one stick that kind of. That's all he goes back to, that one-trick pony kind of thing. But this particular movie does it for me. But there's a, there's a scene in this movie. If you've never seen it before, the hypothesis <coughs> is that aliens are forming these crop circles as signs for each other so that they can know where to land, I guess, because they don't have you know cell phones. <laughs> and they're forming the crop circles. So they know where to land. And it's freaking everybody out. And, and everyone's having a bad way. So the the, the two uh, men, it's it's the... Uh, Brothers, it's played by Mel Gibson. I've watched this movie and I'm just I cannot remember a lot of the plot. And, Wa- and Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, that's uh, right. Probably one of his better roles, I think, because he plays a different kind of person than he normally does. It's very understated. But and they said, well, we need to get we need a diversion. We're going to go into town. So they go into town. Uh, put the kids in the station wagon and they're walking around. And uh, the idea is, he says, the the, the father, uh, Mel Gibson, bef- when he was doing uh, metaphor uh, really well, he's a he's a priest who's no longer a priest because his wife had died and he got mad at God. And there's lots of theological things to unpack. So uh, am I okay with time? You're looking at the time. I mean, y- No, y- I was looking at audio. I was about to get some music playing here in a minute because I didn't have something muted, so you're good. Because last time I told a story, and it was 12 minutes, and you... You've <laughs> only been five so far. So so, so, so he's into the... St- he, 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 they were in the town, and the, the hypothesis that we're going to meet up for pizza in a few minutes 
and they all go. There's the two kids go their separate way to the bookstore to buy books about alien invasions, and <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix goes to the recruiter's office to maybe join the army, and Mel Gibson goes to the pharmacist to pick up the medicine for his son who's sick. And there, you know, he gets to the clerk, and if you're if you're in ministry, you've had situations so identical to this that you just understand. He gets to the counter, and the little girl, I say little girl, she's like 17, 16. She's just clear like a part-time job, and she's ringing up his medicine, and she says, Father, all this stuff is crazy in the world, and all this going on, I just need to confess my sins. And he says, I'm really not a reverend anymore. I've, I've stopped doing that. He gives her the, you know, the Mel Gibson. I mean, if I had Mel Gibson's voice, <laughs> we would have 10,000 people at our voice. church, right? Uh, at least ten more, and but so he, he does. I'm really not a reverend anymore. I can't. I can't hear your confessions. And she's like, "But I really need to get this off my chest." And she's just she play. So he's like, it, before he can say no, she starts confessing the sins. And and I'm not going to share with you what they are because there's some unclean language in it. But she all these different. I'm about things. to rewatch this movie. It's and, been and too long. You, you should, especially through the realm of like church ministry and theology. Don't think of it as science fiction. Think of it as theology and change are very similar <laughs> well uh so you get to the she says i use this word is it a sin and he says well how did use it in a sentence and so, <laughs> so she does and she, he says that's definitely a sin <laughs> how many times did you 27 times so, so she knew exactly how many times she had done that but so, so the scene plays out and so it backs away and you kind of leave that for a while. And then he comes back to finally meets up with his family at the pizza restaurant. And he looks them in the eye and he calls the girl by name. He says, that the girl, I can't remember her name, but I'm telling you the story now. We'll just call her Sarah. He says, stay away from Sarah. Because <laughs> 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 he knows all her sins now. <laughs> but the confession. So when you confess your sins, who do you confess them to? You said Jesus. Joni, I think, rightly said one another, but there is a tradition in our culture mm. that comes from the Roman Catholic tradition uh, that says you need to confess them to a priest. Mm. Do we need to confess our sins to a priest or to a pastor figure in order for them to be properly handled? No. I think not to be properly handled, but I do think it's not a bad idea. I think that can come in the one another realm, but that's not where the forgiveness comes there's from. W- well, the scripture says there's one mediator. Right, Mel Gibson. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I don't think that's who they were referring to. I saw Braveheart. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Passion of the Christ, too. I mean, come on. That's a whole other topic. Go, so, um, so you say maybe, Joni... Is that correct? I say it's not. I'm gonna just say it's. You're not. lumping them in together with the one another, but you're you're not. You're like me. You're not saying that there is some higher authority in a pastor priest figure like maybe the the Catholic Church structure that says that's the one you have to go to or you can't be forgiven. What is it that the Catholic Church has that we don't have though in their confessional? And I have a very specific answer in mind. You mean in the act of it or in, like, the physical structure of it? They have Not the physical structure. I don't mean the... the oh, I thought you meant, like, the, the privacy. I don't mean the confessional Sorry. booth. The uh, penance. Keep going. Uh, Be more specific. Uh, well, Hail Mary. Exactly. Exa- there yeah. you go. So what the Catholic Church will do is the priest then knows exactly or then can offer, this is the work you have to do to get your sin forgiven. Very Old Testament. Well, also very wrong. Yeah, there's <laughs> uh, no grace in that. The mi- yeah, the it's minute works. you have to start doing something to earn your forgiveness, it is no longer grace. It is something you have earned or and you it is owed to you. Confess before, you know, I confess that I'm tomorrow night I'm going to go out and do these things. I cannot have forgiveness now for what I'm going to do. Oh, like tomorrow. a pre-confession. Prepaid plan. <laughs> okay, okay. That. In all fairness to Roman Catholics, I don't think that's how they would even say it works. I know you, some You get a discount if you prepay, <laughs> pre-confess. I'm just saying. I know some may I, do that. I personally know but some. Two Hail Marys I'm instead of three. I'm sure that their theological structure says that's not how it works. You can't. Now, in the middle, of, that was kind of what led to the Reformation was people could buy indulgences for what they right? were going to do. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think, I think they've had some reform since then. <laughs> Vatican II did happen. Uh, 
So I, I think that uh, I don't think <laughs> what a pre pre-sale of him. On you can laugh. I know personally people that have done that. So. Well, but when you have that attitude of the reason you confess is to, to, to kind of balance the scales, so to speak, it's easy to go down that rabbit hole. If I've got to pay for what I'm going to do, then how can I do the least possible to well, cover it? Well, in their mind, if Jesus died for my past, present, and future sins, then I'm already forgiven for what I'm going to do, right? That's, that's you I think, are, kind of their way of thinking. But you're not living as someone who's forgiven. Right. But see, no, my problem with that is you've turned the Christian life into the biggest problem that we have, which is all that matters is I'm going to heaven. Mm-hmm. So what matters anyway? And now you're some sort of nihilistic um, hedon. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what Paul preaches against. Right. right? You know, Because yeah. the point of the Christian life is not getting into heaven. I mean, I, I, if I say this. The point of the Christian life is to be molded into the image of Christ. Transformation, not transaction. Exactly. So, and I, I, I agree. I hear people think that way, and that's because the church has taught that. Yeah, I'm not saying it's right. Over and over again, yeah. and the Catholic Church made a lot of cash on this because mm-hmm. not just five Hail Marys and a, and a, uh, and a um, five Ave Marias and a Lord's <laughs> Prayer. It's also a hundred dollars, or mm-hmm. you know, yeah. this, this this financial remuneration, or or you know what the. Um, the children's education wing needs to have the, all the toys scrubbed. That's what you got to do is clean the toys. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be, would it be great? Oh, wait, hang on. Maybe <laughs> let's rethink <laughs> Rewind. Right. So you see the benefit. This is one of the reasons why the Roman Catholic Church is one of the sure, wealthiest rich. institutions yeah, in the whole absolutely. wide world, if not the wealthiest institution in the whole wide well, world. Well, let's take that a different direction. I've been listening to another podcast about a certain mega church that's in a lot of decline and trouble lately. I won't say the name, but they hail from... Australia. Um, <laughs> I didn't know Southern Baptists were from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and they sing some songs. And they talk a lot <laughs> they about. Some songs. They talk a lot about how uh, that kind of mindset, the, the, the power differenti- differential, where where that's not the way that word is said. I know I couldn't get it out right. <laughs> differential, but the the power difference, <laughs> <laughs> um, where you can you can truly manipulate and control people mm-hmm. uh, to silence them or to get them to act in certain ways mm-hmm. by using that sense of this is what God wants or or God would be disappointed if mm-hmm. you didn't do that. And you can really play with people's emotions and their shame by that. It's, it's, it's not the confessional, uh, but it's almost a preemptive um, using people's sense of shame or guilt mm-hmm. um, against them, so to speak. Right. So if I have a notebook full of sins, which I don't. Um, I want to see <laughs> that book. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, but, it, like, do you just go to anyone and confess them? Like someone in the grocery store, like, hey, can I confess to you my sins? Because it says Well, that's what it I worked for the girl in the movie. But <laughs> right. I don't think that's a healthy spirituality. I think that you need to, as we talked earlier about trust. Mm-hmm. Someone you just, and I don't think you should just unload all of them. I yeah. think we're talking about, like, yeah. the one or the two. Yeah. This is where I believe... I don't believe in the Roman Catholic model. I believe that I can confess my sins in, to anybody who's a f- Christ follower and have them assure me of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. But I do believe that sometimes those who are in roles of pastoral ministry in the care of souls, we have insight into what can help someone move forward right. beyond confession mm-hmm. in, in a healthy way mm-hmm. that everyone might not have. Well, and I I think, too, of all the churches that I've been on staff at, um, this is the only one, and and I'm not sliding them, but this is the only one where I could say there has been more of a model of that type of confession and safety, and it starts starts with the staff. It starts with the pastor who creates an atmosphere where it is, where there is grace and acceptance, and it is safe to confess and to be human. And then that translates, I think for us personally, it's slowly starting to translate in how we lead our small groups, which then helps people experience it and learn it and practice it as, as an atmosphere. Because a lot of people go to a church, and that's the last, I mean, what was it? Philip Yancey um, was, tells a story in one of his books, What's So Amazing About Grace, about the, the, the prostitute that's struggling with sin in her life and all. It's like, well, don't you want to go to church? And she says, why would I want to go to church? I already feel bad enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because church has become a place, we used to, a friend of mine, uh, we had a slogan of one of our churches, beat me up for Jesus. And we, li- we thrive on that. I'm going to go to church, and the preacher's going to stand up there and tell me how horrible a person I am, and I'm going to accept it because I'm going to agree with it, and then I'm going to go beat myself up as opposed to a church where 
I feel like I could be safe to be real here. This small group, I feel safe enough to maybe dip my toe in the water and confess a little bit about who I am. And so I think it all it all permeates from this, the the atmosphere that the the pastor is creating if he's leading a church a certain way. And that's, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we have a lot of that here at Fellowship. And when we've been shown much grace, <laughs> just for me personally, have been shown mm-hmm. so much grace by so many people, you guys and our, you know, church members. Um, you know, that causes me to want to give, show more grace to others. And that's exactly what the scriptures say. You know, Jesus lavish, lavishly, <laughs> have you said that word? Lavishly? lavishly gives us the grace and then we you know give that to others grace begets grace yes grace upon grace and i also think when you do confess to other people it also kind of holds you accountable like um like you confess that your attitude hasn't been positive Mm -hmm. or or whatever it is or um whatever i think that the next time that it's not positive then you're thinking okay like i confess that i've turned away from that Mm -hmm. you know it's it's out there but all that's true. But why are you confessing? You're confessing because you're you're struggling with it internally. Mm-hmm. It, there's mm-hmm. something about it that's it you don't hurts. You don't like mm-hmm. it, and when you can just get it out and you can be accepted, um, then there's room for you to kind of give yourself some acceptance, and you get in those situations where like, I don't need this. I don't have to do this. I don't have to act this way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, it, and it creates growth. But it's when se- things are kept in secret, you know, mm-hmm. hey, Adam and Eve, where are you? You yeah. know, they're hiding, we're covering, we're blaming, yeah. mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um, then it just, it just, mm-hmm. uh, there's a word I can't think Shame. of. It. Shame, but it, but it, fester, it festers. It starts yeah. to bubble up. <coughs> yeah. And gets worse and worse. And this is where I was saying earlier, even if the person you're confessing to is unworthy, that festering, mm-hmm. if the doctor's are a wretched person, but he still or she still helps me get through the, the I mean, able right. to pop the boil and let the thing bleed out, mm-hmm. which is a disgusting thing. But that's what sin is. Uh, it's still helpful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It just might yeah. be a lot yeah. quicker and <laughs> more comfortable Less if the painful. person wasn't that way. It's healthier <laughs> if the doctor doesn't take pictures and post it on Facebook and yeah. say, look what a horrible Gross. person, right? It's better. Yeah. But still, the healing still yeah. takes place. And I think that's important. Well, and we can go to people, uh, I mean, as much as we need to and as much as we want to. But it, it, I think going, confessing our sins to Jesus is vital and that's the for me that's the bottom line is you can go to people and you can you know hear it and have them speak back to you or just them let you confess but at the end of the day jesus is our answer see i agree but i believe in this structure if you do it correctly as james is talking about the other person is a stand-in for jesus i I do too because i think I, myself, I will confess this. A lot of times when you confess to Jesus, it's easier to confess to Jesus and make a bunch of promises because you're afraid to confess it to a real-life person. And so Jesus kind of becomes your little secret buddy. Well, he's um, perfect. Well, I'm, and He I, is, but what I'm saying, it, it becomes in some ways um, a way to avoid truly owning it. It, it, it's kind of like, oh, I pr- I'm never going to do this again, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll pray it. I'll tell it to Jesus, and then I won't tell anybody else. And, I c- and so it's still a secret. It's still... Uh, yes. Um, I think there's un- if I confess to Joni, if I come to Joni and say, Joni, I was really upset with someone, and I put salt in their coffee instead of sugar. That was wrong. When I do that, and she says, what you did was wrong, it was a sin, but by the blood of Jesus you are forgiven. I, there's an understanding that I'm confessing to Jesus. She's the stand-in. Mm. So I, I agree with yeah. you. I, I don't want to create a system by which Jesus is no longer involved in right. my confession. Right. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah. I, I don't want to erase him out. It's not just confessing to other people. It's him too. And, and I'm not talking about just things like that. I'm just talking about, for me personally, I can feel, you know, um, pride seeping in. I can feel, you know, I've got a problem with something. You know, I don't know. It doesn't have to be a huge um, sin that we're confessing it can just when we feel those convictions of things boiling up inside of us like Daryl said you know I take those things to the Lord a lot there are three other things that we need to talk about before we let go how much time do we have we're at 50 minutes so 10 minutes that's three minutes three minutes and 33 seconds each so let's roll or one lawnmower story <laughs> <sighs> no that was 12 minutes <laughs> yeah, you're gonna forgive me for that. so the first one is 
the answer to Daryl's earlier problem with if I do it through rote. If I just, like if I have my notebook and I go, uh, this, 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 and this, please forgive me for my sins, in Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. And I think the, the best biblical evidence for that is David in Psalm 51. Mm-hmm. He, when he ra- He's wrapping that thing up, right? We all, Psalm 51 has become so meaningful to me. But as he's wrapping that thing up and he's talking about sacrifices, he says, the, uh, you have no delight in burnt offerings. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean God doesn't want us to bring offerings. We are supposed to bring offerings. What he means is you can't buy forgiveness by mm-hmm. giving money. You can't pay off God, and you can't pay off your conscience. Mm-hmm. You have no delight in burnt offerings. And he says, if I were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. This would not make God happy. And then he, that famous line, the, the, the sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken contrite and contrite heart, heart O oh God, you will not despise. And so if our confession becomes just rote, I did this, I did that, and there's no brokenness, it is not confession. It falls short And it can become just confession. one more, um, uh, oh, there was another word. I keep losing words today, but there, it's just another way that I'm going to say self-salvation. I'm going to fix myself. It's I'm going to do it. It becomes another, another hoop to ju- yeah, mm-hmm. jump. Right, and so, and so you can't buy your way out of your Well, sin. it must be, you must again lower yourself it's all in our our humble posture is you know we're here god is here and i think we forget that well and jesus said look at the pharisees they'd love to play pray standing Mm -hmm. in the synagogues and on the street quarters he said they've received a reward in full Mm -hmm. that's that they wanted the attention they got the attention that's all they're getting Mm -hmm. which is a miserable miserable reward Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i agree with that completely so that's the aspect of the rote. If if it's only I'm going through the motions to get some sort of transactional forgiveness, yeah, it's, it's got to be for real. Yeah. It's got to be real. David could have sacrificed all the bulls in Israel, mm-hmm. and it would not have covered his sin before mm-hmm. the Lord. Mm-hmm. It took him being contrite, and for the record, that took someone calling mm-hmm. him out on it. I yeah. mean, that that's a whole other issue. But mm-hmm. um, bravest person in the whole world is Nathan. Uh, so that's one aspect. Another aspect is. How big do you make your confession? I'm going to brief story. So there's a lot of discussion in the last couple of years. My, my timeline's <laughs> off. The last couple of months about the, the, the revivals going on mm. in, on college campuses. And it's, it started Asbury. It's big deal. I was actually, when I was in seminary 100,000 years ago, uh, a revival broke out on campus there. And it started with the confession of sin. And it's it, first it started off really well, but then people began <laughs> to get up in front of the chapel services, in front of the, you know all the faculty are there, all the students are there, the truck, and confessing very personal things. Oh Lord, please forgive me. I slept with his wife, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so there's lots of discussions <laughs> about well, how how public do you make yeah, yeah. private sin right. thoughts? <laughs> well, I've heard a phrase a long time ago, and I don't know if it's necessarily biblical or accurate, but it, it, it helped m- give some context for me, and it was confess your sins within the circle of the offended. And it just it just put some boundaries around, because if someone's going up there and doing that, I don't see that as humility. I see that as almost, I'm... Almost bragging. I'm yeah. bragging, look, or I'm causing look trouble. Look who I slept with. Or well, like or you I'm said a while ago, it's not to ruin somebody's merit, you know. Right. So that's the same... I think that's what you were. I, the problem with right? that is that let's say you're a pastor or a church leader, then you can say it involves everybody who I lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It so, doesn't just so affect you. So it, 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 affects it affects everybody. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So now does everyone get to know? Yeah. And I'm going to argue that the answer is no. Yeah. I don't I think agree. the whole just I'm, I'm the pastor of our church. You guys are all pastors of our church. But that doesn't mean everybody gets insight into our sin life. Mm-hmm. Correct. We are sinners. All of us are sinners. We need to work through confession. But the proper venue for that is not public worship right. for me I to agree. just Bad. regurgitate just, yeah. out Bring there for up. everyone to salaciously. Mm-hmm. Now, now I'm now it's going to cause all the other issues. All yeah, more issues. My to go sin on. has begat more mm-hmm. sin by the open way in which it's been done. Yeah. And plus, if you think about victims, then their trauma is made mm-hmm. worse. Then you've not only sinned against them, but then you've 
created created more, more trauma yeah. and uh, yeah if you think about you know mm-hmm. now as long as they're again you're confessing and dealing with it within the circle of the defendant because i think this could be spun in a negative way that creates cover-up mm-hmm. i'm not talking about i know you're not i'm just saying I, I i feel like people are but what about what about i think there's there's this kind of that you got to come back to why are you confessing and what's going on? Are you trying to cover something up? Or are you trying to be humble and and be honest mm-hmm. and agree with the sin and let consequences be consequences and let healing happen? Right. Or are you trying to pull strings and manage mm-hmm. things by either confessing or by not confessing? Mm-hmm. 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 I think there's some that's where one to another is not the same thing as to the whole group. Mm-hmm. I, I can't find anywhere in scripture where it's like a confessing of all my sin to everybody yeah. in the church building. Well, and then you get a lot of people. Sorry, I know you're about to go, but like uh, my first thing, the face that flashed. I in. know you were about to go, but I'm to <laughs> sin against you by just cutting you <laughs> off. The, fla- the f- face that flashed in my mind was Oral Roberts uh, up there on TV crying about the sin that he did and then really kind of begging for more money. Mm-hmm. You know? That's not Oral Roberts. Who was that? Oh, Swaggart. Jimmy Swaggart. Swaggart. Jimmy yeah. Swaggart. That's who Oral Roberts has his problems, but they're not no, the same right, problems right. as Jimmy Swaggart. Jimmy Swaggart. Who was Oral Roberts loves money and power. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Swaggart loves mm-hmm. money women. and power and women. You know, women. <laughs> women. So I was thinking about the same podcast you were listening to and how when they would go into the church, especially the people that were going to volunteer, um, like they would give hours and hours and hours of time for free, but um, not T-H-Y-M-E, but um, (laughs) hours of time, (laughs) they would um, minutes of oregano, (laughs) you know what you're getting for your next birthday, but (laughs) they would have to all confess their sin. They would have to list it out. They would be videoed into me. Scientology. Um, yeah. like that is, that's not what we're called to do. If there's that's a video mm. record of me confessing my sin, <laughs> now fine. you've eliminated grace from any equation. Right. Yep. Now, right. now it's blackmail. Now it's blackmail. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. God doesn't deal in blackmail. No. Anyone who wants you to do that, run from that institution, go find you a good pastor, go find you a, a Bible, read, read a Parker Palmer book, mm-hmm. a Bible with tabs in it, and run. That's because right. those mm-hmm. people are not interested in your spiritual well, well-being. What is the true, okay, what is the true meaning of confession? Why do we confess? It's to agree. It is to it's to agree that what we have done is wrong. Right, because because of our sin. I'm, a, but I'm we admitting, agree, but we agree with God. We don't need a videotape. Exactly, but that's just what I'm saying. Sin, ca- you know, it separates us from God. So our confession, you know, we're confessing that we've done wrong. We need God's forgiveness in order for that relationship to be restored. Mm-hmm. And I think f- we forget the whole reason behind confession. Oh, I agree. You know, but we we turn it into something, something that's not. Yeah. Right. One more aspect, and that comes from the book. Of, I thought we'd spend more time on this, but I, I just want to mention it before we wrap this up. Um, and that is confessing the sins of other people mm. that we're not guilty of. This comes from the book of Daniel. Uh, you see it in other places in the Bible, but Daniel comes more clearly. In uh, Daniel chapter 9, Daniel's praying, and in verse 5, he c- specifically comes out and says, we have sinned against you, God. Mm-hmm. And he lists our idolatry, our rebellion. Now, Daniel has done none, none of these things. In fact, Daniel is the picture of faithfulness in a faithless generation. But he's confessing the sins of his people. And this is the idea in which I think that is really, li- if I had to pick one thing that's lacking in the Christian community today, it's the willingness to bear the sins of our community in confession to God. Mm. We don't bear the sin in terms of the way, same way Jesus did to forgive them, but we bear them long enough to plead before the Lord for those with whom we're in community with, whether it's the sins of our nation, of our community, or of the church, because heavens knows the church, our church and every church and the institutional church around the world is guilty of sin. We've mm-hmm. sinned against our communities. We've sinned against individuals. We've covered things up. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a, a mess. And this necessary work of confessing this sin, I think, is going to be key for congregations moving forward to have interaction with the world around us. I agree. Good. Thoughts, comments. I didn't mean to sermonize there at the end, but I guess I did. <laughs> it's kind of what it's an occupational say, hazard. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's in the grocery store, breaks into sermon. Let me tell you about this time here. Uh, <laughs> actually, that has happened a time or two. <laughs> 
Thank you guys for listening. This is the last of our Spiritual Discipline podcast. I think we're going to have uh, one bonus track in the next week or two. We don't know for certain before we uh, close up shop till the next season. We'll see what happens. Thanks for listening. Remember, if you really like it, share this like on your whatever social media you use. We could use another listener or two. Okay? Thanks. See you. Peace out. Thanks so much for listening to Under the Water Tower, a podcast dedicated to honest discussion of the Bible. To donate to this ministry, just go to fmf.life slash give. That's fmf.life slash give. Just a reminder to subscribe to Under the Water Tower on Apple Podcast and Spotify. That way you'll never miss an episode. Help us to spread the word about our podcast by talking about it and sharing it on your social media. Thanks again for joining us. On behalf of Under the Water Tower, I'm Kelly Trapane.